Inside Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Another week, uh, another week of Avalanche episodes. We're doing them three days a week until we get some hockey back, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And we still don't know when that's going to be. So we will truck along a pretty good episode. Not a pretty good episode, a great episode uh, today for you. I'm going to get into what it's all about in a minute. But first things first, like we always do, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions. If you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment, Send all that to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So today, uh, I went on the Locked On NHL show, which I tease at the end of almost all my shows here on Locked On Avalanche uh, about listening to the Locked On NHL show. They cover the league as a whole. Uh, it's a great source for news of what's going on um, league-wide. So I went on that show with Harrison Lee, who is uh, the host of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets show, um, and Sarah, who hosts the Locked On NHL show, had us on for that to talk pretty much the state of the league right now and kind of where things are and what to expect and uh, how our teams were doing heading into the break and what our teams are doing now while they're breaking um, and kind of things to expect, if anything, uh, for the rest of the season. So if there will be a season. Uh, so really good discussion for between the three of us. Uh, I'm going to get into that right now. But like I said, if uh, you guys want to get in touch with me on anything, any, any opinions that you have and the things we talked about, because I know everybody is without hockey right now. And uh, people are, are wanting, obviously, not wanting just hockey back. Clearly, they want hockey back, but sports in general. And uh, I would love to get your opinions and your takes and definitely read them on the show. So uh, we're going to get to this roundtable discussion, if you want to call it that, uh, right now, and uh, have a little discussion after all is said and done. So enjoy. So happy Monday, Internet. You're listening to Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sarah Avampato, also of Locked on Kings. And today I have some guests with me. I've got Harrison Lee of Locked on Jets and Chris Maselli of Locked on Avalanche joining me for a little roundtable discussion that I'm kind of tentatively, tentatively calling, So What's Life Like Without Hockey? So we'll set we'll set the stage uh, very quickly to sort of recap where we're at in this weird world. Since uh, as we were discussing before we hit record, like time has no meaning. We don't know what day it is. So let let's just recap what we know. So let's rewind. It's March 11th, 10 p.m. Pacific time. The last game of the NHL. The last game of the NHL day is officially finished. The Kings beat the Senators 3-2. It's game 1,082 of the NHL season. And after that absolutely nothing as we all know not long after that the nhl announced that they were pausing their season following in the footsteps of the nba who of course share a lot of arenas other facilities with nhl teams across the country uh, and pretty soon after that basically the whole world kind of ground to a halt 
So it has been over a month now with no hockey. And so my first question to each of you is basically, what does the, what did this, what did the situation look like for your team at the time of the pause? And what has changed in the month or so since then? And Harrison, I'm going to start with you because the Jets just had some big news come out uh, the other day. So let's start with you. What's up with the Jets? Well... Maybe it's what is down with the Jets, because that always seems to be, uh, at least as far as Winnipeg drama is concerned, where we're at with this team. So, Winnipeg was kind of a weird team this year, I have to be honest. I don't know if they were good, per se. I think that they found themselves in the playoff spot, at least uh, by raw record. I think if they did points percentage, they'd be just outside of it as of right now. But the long and short of this season is that, for the most part, Winnipeg was very, very bad among the worst teams in the NHL, partly because they spent, I don't know, maybe 70% of their game time in the defensive zone. Not really surprising when people saw the kind of lineup that was coming into this year. And as far as Dustin Bufflin was concerned, everyone knew that he was going to miss this season. And I, I think that there were a few folks who were like, oh, you know, if he works out, if he trains, maybe he comes in time for the playoffs. But from all of the stuff I'd heard from behind the scenes, it was actually just going to be some kind of a separation at some point. And the contract termination that we just found out about, uh, to me at least, felt more inevitable than than something that was a surprise. I'm a little bit surprised it took this long, but I think Bufflin is just going to hang up the skates. He kind of has been somebody who's been rumored to be the kind of person where, you know, he loves playing hockey but he's okay if he can step away from it and kind of do his regular living stuff. You know, the NHL for him was a, a fun passion thing, but I don't know that, you know, he wants to be a lifer here. So he's totally cool, I think, calling it quits. And and maybe his health is starting to kind of go a little bit too. I think his style of hockey, everyone can understand, is is very rough on his body. But as far as the rest of the team is concerned, I think our primary MVP is always going to be Connor Hellebuck. That dude was kind of insane this year. I have to say he was just on another planet and uh, we're lucky to have a, a year where he finally realized his potential as a high-end starter. Patrick Laine, also one of our low-key MVPs. I think that he had a fantastic season. Um, he showcased a lot of growth and improvement and the on-ice results seemed to really reflect his his improvements all around from zone transitions to set up to, I mean, just basic defensive reads everything in his game improved. Uh, if the season were to resume, I don't really know where we'd be because I think Brian Little, Brian Little is the other name that people aren't really talking about, but that's kind of an issue because I think he had something of a brain hemorrhage after he took a slap shot off the side of his head. And it was a kind of situation where he was supposed to start skating a couple months ago, but there was another setback. And from what I've heard, and this was my initial fear all along was that it might be serious enough where he doesn't come back to play in the NHL again. So Winnipeg may be down one of their middle to top six centers and a top four defenseman, which not really ideal, have to say. We have teams on kind of different ends of the spectrum. Uh, the Jets, uh, kind of the bubble team of maybe, maybe not in the the picture. The Kings are definitely not in the picture, no matter what they do uh, <laughs> if games come back. But then we have the Avalanche, who just have been uh, 
looked unbeatable at times and have looked like a Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, what was kind of the picture for you guys uh, when the team kind of hit pause? And what's it look like right now? I know you guys had a lot of people injured. Uh, is there uh, hope of getting them back if uh, hockey does resume anytime soon? Well, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> the start pretty much the start from the start of the season all the way through to when it was suspended, the avalanche dealt with injuries. Uh, and there was very few times where they were ever a hundred percent healthy. Um, so, you know, finishing up, well, their last game before the season was suspended against the Rangers, they won that game. They were, they were playing very well. They were two points behind St. Louis who was struggling a little bit. Um, and the avalanche were kind of taking advantage of that. They were, they were playing exceptionally well um and everything was kind of boiling down everybody had their their vision set on the very last game of the season because the two of them were going head to head uh i think everybody was looking forward to that game regardless because that was going to be for the number one seed since then uh you know it, it 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 shouldn't surprise anybody the avalanche like i said were dealing with injuries from the get-go and that carried over into what we're dealing with now as three of their players were, were have tested positive for this virus. Um, they, their coach Jared Bednar was on a, uh, I guess it's a podcast, maybe a, a vlog if people still do those on uh, YouTube where he finally came out and said, all three of those players have, have recovered. They're doing well. And the team as a whole has recovered. So the avalanche, we're, we're looking forward to getting some time off. And in the beginning, I don't think anybody really thought it was going to go on. Well, nobody really knew how long it was going to go on for. Uh, but if anybody was going to benefit from it, if you could look for a, a silver lining in it, it was going to be them because they had a lot of players injured. And Nathan McKinnon being the head of that, he, he was saved uh, the entire season, did not miss uh, a game, didn't miss a period. And he he went down in the Ranger game. And no, I'm, I'm lying. The game before, I can't remember who they played, but he did not play in the Ranger game, I don't believe. And he was going to be out for a couple weeks. And he, they, they were anticipating him being back for the playoff run. It wasn't anything too serious. But in the beginning, when, when we kind of were throwing around our best guesses as how long this would go on for, uh, the Avalanche were just fine with it because they were going to get him back. They were going to get Kadri back. Um, and they had they had a number of other guys on the injury list that they were all going to get back. So it's gone on this long, and they're all pretty much healed right now. Uh, so whenever they do come back from here on out, um, it's looking pretty good for the Avalanche to pretty much have their their full roster injury-free for the first time all season, pretty much, which is odd. I'm pretty sure it was the Kings that may have uh, inadvertently injured uh, Nathan McKinnon. So you're right. sorry yes, about you're that, right. I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, glad that he's at least had time to, uh, to heal. Um, so that, that, that was our bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so we've had, we've had a ton of time to kill uh, as we have been waiting for uh, for hockey to come back. Uh, teams are finding different ways to keep people engaged. Media departments are having to, you know, 
figure out how to keep fans uh, caring about a sport that isn't happening yet. Uh, for example, the Kings, they basically did video game simulations of all of their final regular season games uh, that they streamed on Twitch. And then they like made jokes about like, we won out and we made the playoffs, uh, which was uh, <laughs> some real nice uh, fantasy that we engaged in. Uh, they had like complete like pre and post game analysis. They had the regular broadcast team actually doing like play by play. They had interviews with players. And of course, now they've been playing some classic games on tv they've done highlights from this season which uh i don't really know how you found highlights from a season from one of the worst teams in the league but whatever <laughs> um and then they of course have moved on to other big games from team history some classic stuff digging wayne gretzky out of the crate to play some games from his era so how have each of your teams your fan bases been keeping busy and keeping engaged while we have been waiting for for hockey to come back suppose uh, I was trying to think on this one just because honestly it's it's been quiet I think the the biggest change I can really point to is that the Winnipeg Jets Twitter account kind of got cool which is a surprise change usually they try really hard with some of their content and it's not particularly shall we say interesting <laughs> I, I know that they're trying to be more approachable and stuff, which, yeah I know <laughs> This it. is this is kind of where we're at. So like the, the Jets Twitter is kind of notorious for being, I don't know, really straight laced. But recently, I think their I guess their graphics designer got really bored and he was like, hey, you know, tell me what you want to see. He's like, give me some Photoshop ideas and I will do it, you know, as long as they're Jets related. So I was like, what about lining with a baseball bat in a Fortnite scene? You know, because all that was missing was him like standing over top of like the entire city of Vancouver. But it, I mean, the guy straight up did it. And then he just kept fielding all these requests. Um, so I guess that, that was the most, uh, that that's how Jets fans are, are spending their time is telling some poor graphics designer to do photoshops of Jets players. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Right. What have the so avalanche have? been up to? Uh, yeah. It's not like like the players themselves have just been I think they're just taking this time to do nothing uh, because, you know, <clears throat> as far as social media goes, they're not no, nothing really is, is standing out. None of them are really kind of doing like fun or funny things. Uh, but the the Altitude Network, who houses the Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets and, and you know, teams like that, they started a. Uh, a new sh new show on the Colorado Avalanche uh, YouTube channel called Sports Social, and they pretty I mean they they put up a new show. Uh, it's kind of random. I don't think it's it's uh, it, I, for right now. I think it's like weekly, um, I, and it, it's pretty long. It's about a two hour show because they cover absolutely every team in in Colorado. So you are getting Avalanche stuff, Nuggets. Uh, Broncos um, I think even like minor league teams are covering they're, they're like soup to nuts they're covering everything so these shows are really long so if you're going there if, if you don't really care about like any of the other sports and you just want to hear like some avalanche talk you got to search in that two-hour timeline where it is and, and and listen to it but it's good it has all the, like the um, the talking heads from the altitude network and um, that's pretty much the highlight of what's going on. But other than that, it's just crickets across the board. There's, there's not much going on to write home about at this point in time. 
I forgot to ask, is anyone's Yeah, I feel uh, like the whole Oh, is anyone's team like doing like the streaming thing now? Because um a couple of the Jets actually recently are starting to get into this. Like Anthony Batetto is taking some huge charity tournament next week and like a bunch of pro athletes I know. I think some of the Rangers were there. Um his teammate is Brett Pesci from the Carolina Hurricanes. They actually placed top ten in this Fortnite thing and now they're gonna play against like professional gamers or whatever, which is I mean, wow. given that there's no regular sports, esports is like the big thing. Are like any of your teams dealing with that now? No, and the weird thing is like uh Nathan McKinnon apparently is a huge Fortnite guy, but I don't I think he's kind of just keeping to himself. Other than that, I haven't seen anybody that's really putting out there what they're doing with their their spare time. Gabe Landeskog will put up a picture of like his newborn daughter every once in a while, but you know, he doesn't have time for video games right now with like a six month old, I think. So um, it's just, they're not doing anything. It's pulling teeth to get content. <laughs> There's a couple, a couple guys in the Kings have been involved in kind of like some, the, some of those same like Fortnite kind of, kind of things. Um, I think one guy at least has kind of a, a little bit of a, I don't know if it's like a sponsorship or a partnership or something, but he has done some stuff. Uh, Adrian Kempe has done some stuff with uh, some sort of, E stream esports streaming thing. I'm like way too old and not understanding video games to even know <laughs> what what they're doing. But like they're definitely on Instagram have been like swipe up. We're streaming on Twitch tonight. Uh, so there's a couple of them that have been into that. I know I saw um, you know, living in Chicago. I get a lot of Blackhawks coverage, and I saw that uh, um, Alex DeBrinket and I think someone else was doing some kind of. I think they were doing NHL streaming. Um, some kind of tournament thing playing the NHL video game. So there, there, there's there's a, a number of uh, these guys who are, I guess, living their best esports life uh, at the moment since they can't can't do a whole lot else. No, there was a, on on uh, again on altitude. There, some of the Avalanche players took part in like a a cupcake cooking contest, and that was probably like the highlight of this off season so far. Was watching that. It seems kind of tragic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grasping at anything. Yeah, for real. Um, do you, I, I guess this is a little broad, but you know, just kind of thinking about you know what we're missing. Like right right now, we'd be in the playoff hunt. We'd be watching playoff hockey, which is always even if your team isn't in it. Um, I, I guess at least speaking for myself, like I love playoff hockey, even though my team is hopeless uh, <laughs> at getting there anytime soon. Um, but so what, what do you find that you miss most right now about your team, about, uh, you know, what could have been about hockey in general? Uh, what's, what's, what's been kind of most on your mind of like, man, I really wish dot, dot, dot. Um, I, for me, it's, it's exactly what you just said. It's, you know, playoff hockey, there is nothing better, whether or not your team is in it or not. And where my team was sitting, um, it, it, we were, we were a month away from the season, less than a month away from the season being over to getting to this point to be, to, to watching it and being in the position that they were, it was exciting, uh, whether they were going to be the first seed or not, they, they had a, I think like a 99% chance of getting in. So, um, just to, to not see where it could have gone because every year so far that Jared Bednar has been the coach they have improved upon the standing from the previous year uh the the first year he took over they had that absolute dumpster fire of a season 
the very next year they made the playoffs, uh, lost in the first round, but played very well. Um, then last season they uh, won in the first round, even though they were an eight seed. They beat number one Calgary, went to the, the second round, lost in game seven to the Sharks on a bogus call, which we don't need to revisit that. And then so this year people were like, they are sitting pretty to go even further than that. Um, so, and it's so, it's so, you know, of course it, you want to, I want to see them play and see where they could have gone, but this team is set up for the foreseeable future. So I'm, of course, I'm like very upset that I can't watch them and just hockey in general. Um, but this is not just a, a one year wonder fluke of a team. If it was, I would be much more angry than I am. And I am very angry. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but because this team and this roster is good for several years, or they should be good for, for several years, um, I can take it a little bit better knowing that next year they should be back um, if everything goes well. I'm like on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is kind of <laughs> funny. I I don't mind not worrying about the Jets because – a lot of times when I watch this team, especially this year, it was <laughs> uh, it was a little hard. I'm not going to lie. Winnipeg, look, I love the Jets. I you know I've, I've traveled to Winnipeg and and attended some of the playoff games and stuff. But let me tell you something about this team this year. It occasionally I wanted to tear my eyes out and like glue them to the wall or something <laughs> and do something else other than watch the Jets because. Sometimes this year they just drove me insane. This team, I think, had a lot of issues that made it. It's one thing if you play hockey and you're a bad team, but you're entertaining and fun. The Jets really didn't manage that until like the last 10 games of the season, or I guess whatever we're calling this uh, temporarily abbreviated portion. Winnipeg, for at least half the season, was quite literally unwatchable. So having a bit of a break wasn't the worst. And I feel like Winnipeg's defense and really their decimated forward ranks with all of the injuries. I, I think that this break actually benefits them a lot. Now, as far as like comparing it to where Colorado is sitting with um, the Avs having a pretty big future. And actually I think the Kings are going to be good in a couple of seasons. I, I think of course the Kings need to win, you know, a couple of lotteries, but they have a surprisingly good scouting department. And I felt like, uh, I feel like McClellan is is a very underrated coach. That team played a lot better than most people would expect. The Jets, I just don't know, man. They're kind of stuck in a limbo for me. I mean, they, they could go either way. I mean, 2017-18 was only a couple of years ago, and yet it sort of feels like a decade instead. And, I mean, reinforcements are on the way. They just signed Sandberg, and they have a couple of good stud defensive prospects that people aren't really – aware of yet but beyond that i don't know this team is just kind of weird what's their salary cap situation like uh the jets are well buffalo clears off around seven mil and if little retires i'm not sure what the, the retirement settlement becomes if there's any sort of like recapture penalty i don't think that, that exists for that situation but mm -hmm. if if little leaves it would be like five and a half million so they're doing okay. It's just that Line's contract, because they bridged him for two years, and he's actually even better now, his goal totals have gone down. 
So I don't know if that would actually hurt him in his next negotiation, but I feel like he's going to be looking for like nine to 10 mil, probably a little over that. Uh, at least that'll be the ask. I don't know what he'll actually get. I don't know if wingers can actually really get them. Um, I think, I guess they would top out at around 9 million. So I, I think that that's probably what Patrick is looking at. It's it's weird. Like that Wheeler contract is kind of an anchor to me. I feel like they, they signed that a little prematurely and that's a lot of cash that they put into it. So they're, okay. they're doing okay, but I think it's going to get a little bit tight over the next two seasons. Okay. Yeah, it's for like for for me for the Kings, like like you said, like they they do have promise. They do have some young players coming up through the system. Yeah, they are gonna need a couple more good draft lottery picks, and they were kind of hoping for one this year as well. Um, but they ended the season or ended the pause on a seven game winning streak. And it felt like for the first time all season, like everything was clicking. You were starting to get to see a lot of potential from the young guys who are going to be the next wave of players. And so the most frustrating thing for me is like, yeah, I know they weren't going to make the playoffs. Like that's, you know, some sort of like miracle of every other Western conference team would have had to lose out the rest of the season for it to happen. Like it it just wasn't realistic. Um, And I wouldn't have wanted them to make the playoffs anyway, but getting to see them finally put it all together, finally really like internalize what McClellan is, is teaching them. And then to have this abrupt ending, like I wouldn't have minded seeing them go on some kind of winning streak that would have messed up their lottery chances, but would have made for fun, interesting hockey to watch. Um, this season, they were actually interesting to watch. Um, not all of the games were great, but you could see that there's something there um, as opposed to last season where I was kind of in the same uh, spot as you, Harrison, of like, I would rather do anything. Like, I will go watch grass grow or like, I will clean my house, like whatever, to not have to watch these games. Um, this year, they actually were entertaining and now we've got nothing. And then if hockey does come back, um I doubt that there will be any sort of extended regular season, uh, you know, games that get played. So for teams like that, that were just sort of on the cusp of figuring stuff out, I feel like it's, it's going to be even a bigger, uh, a bigger letdown of the season just being kind of yanked out uh, from under them. Well, so there, there has it. been I, a lot of talk. <laughs> I was just going to say, I hated <laughs> playing the Kings this year hated playing them i I don't i i still i'm still so confused by how the stadium series game happened (laughs) i i i I watched it with my own eyes i was there i saw it and i still don't believe it happened yeah i mean just every time like the avalanche played the kings it i said it over and over on on you know my show it's just that's a team that the avalanche just don't match up well against for whatever reason and if all I watched were, you know, the the Avalanche and the, or all I watched from the Kings is the games against the Avalanche, which is what I watched of the Kings, I don't know why they're that bad <laughs> because they played <laughs> incredible against Colorado. A- every single game they played them this year was annoying as hell. Yeah, if it makes you <laughs> feel think, better, I think that, Winnipeg... that's their new identity. <laughs> oh my god, Winnipeg had the exact yeah. same issue. I don't know why. Like the Kings just. You know, there's always those teams who are like kind of trash, and yet for some reason, when it comes to quality, speedy teams, it's just they seem to have this magic ability to say, Haha, "Not today." Yeah. Um, and I think that they yep. did that repeatedly to like some of the top Western teams. And I'm like, Todd McClellan, bro, look, 
Just go back to San yeah. Jose. If you want to be good, just go back to San Jose, please. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> it, it's it's rough. It was it was a rough season, but yeah, like I'm looking forward to it hockey coming back in some way next season, I guess, for me, uh, to see to see what happens with yeah. with the Kings. So so there has been a lot of talk about different scenarios, different ways that hockey could come back. Uh, people have suggested that they'll play some amount of regular season games, or maybe they'll do a rollback. So everyone's played an equal amount of games, and then some games won't count any, anymore, I guess, uh, jumping right to the playoffs. Do you kind of have a preference for uh, if hockey does continue this season, uh, what they should do? Uh, would any of any scenario be better or worse for your team um, in terms of looking forward to the playoffs? Yeah. uh, I don't really know, to be honest, I guess the scenario, well, points percentage would, would screw the jets for, uh, I mean, obvious reasons. We Winnipeg really didn't deserve to be in the postseason. I think Hellebuck kind of carried them and by raw record, they're still in, but they've played more games. So I think, uh, I forget who's beneath him. I haven't looked at the standings in like a month. Why would I at this point? But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the Jets, if they make the postseason, they were starting to play better hockey. I don't want to get excited because I feel like every time I get excited about Jets hockey, it just bites me in the butt at some point. But I I mean, I guess when the Caps won a couple of years ago, that was like the worst Caps team I'd watched in ages. And yet, they somehow managed to turn it around right before the start of the postseason and played more like the actual caps, but they did it with guys like Devante Smith-Pelly, uh, Chandler Stevenson before apparently he became like a god in, in Vegas. Um, and it was just like a weird team. I feel like the Jets are kind of in the same position. I, I guess the primary difference is they just don't have like most of the world's elite talent. They have some some franchise players, but you know, I don't know that there's a scenario where a postseason picture really pans out for the Jets because there aren't many teams that they would match up well against. I would be afraid of them having to face somebody like Dallas. Dallas, for whatever reason, has this fast counter system that just cripples the Jets. Any amount of speed just really messes with Winnipeg. It's why the Avs would love to feast on this Jets defense. Well, I I don't you know there's so many different scenarios uh, that have been thrown out there, and you you can you can take the good and the bad with each one of them. For Colorado, uh, do would you want to see the 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 season finish out? Sure, because you have a shot at number one, and if you finish number two. Basically, you're going up uh, two and three doesn't matter because they're going to be facing each other, most likely with um, that being Dallas and uh, Colorado struggled like they did against the Kings. They struggled against uh, the Stars um, all season. So that would be a reason why I would want the season to to finish up to try to uh, and I'm not trying to avoid the King. Um, the stars or anything like that. But if you can get number one seed, you're obviously going to try to get a play for a number one seed. Um, and I think if they're number one, I think they would have gone up against, I think Nashville was the second team in so far or uh, when the season ended, I believe. Um, and they match up much better with them. So in terms of matchups, yeah, I would like to see the regular season play out. My big, I've talked about this over and over again, my big thing with if we're going to cram all this in and 
finish the season, get uh, a playoff in. And if it's going to be a full playoff, I don't know if they would uh, scale down the first round to like a five game or something like that. I've heard so many different scenarios. Whatever the scenarios are, it's always the the off season is a month long during the month of October. And then the season next season picks up in November. That's all well and good in the beginning because, yeah, these guys are getting time off right now and they're getting a good amount of time off going for a long haul. Um, and, and at the end of next year, I just think they're going to be dog tired. So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence of like, if you can't get this all in, I understand you want to get it all in, but this is all stuff you hear, um, you know, many, many times that this is stuff that we've never dealt with before. So I think nobody's going to hold the NHL like accountable and say like, Oh, you know, if you, you can't, you know, if you can't get the season in, they're going to be like upset with them. I won't anyway. I mean, if if they just get something, if they they say we have enough time to at least just get a playoff in, fine. Just go with that, run with it, do what you can. We're always going to look back and say like we did the best we could with this season. So I won't be screaming and yelling if they can't get a full season in, um, and just get a playoff in. And if they crown a champion, they're the champion. You know that that is what it is. I don't think. Maybe if you want to put an asterisk next to it, just to say like, oh, the season wasn't finished, but it doesn't take away from uh, that team completing a season as the champion. Uh, I just feel like they're gonna they're they're trying to do too much in a short amount of time, and not thinking about the long term effects of that. Which the long term effects, like I said, are the end of next season. That's just where I'm coming from on that. Yeah, it is definitely. Uh, definitely every idea that has been thrown out, I feel like has its pluses and its minuses. And, you know, I think a lot about the season that they did that world cup of hockey thing and, you know, how many players basically were like, yeah, this was great. I got to play for my country in this made up tournament, whatever, but also the, the off season was so short. And, you know, I know for, Someone like Andre Kopitar, he actually kind of pointed to that as a reason he struggled that season um, because he he did that. He had Olympic qualifying stuff for an Olympics he wasn't even able to play in. Um, and cutting that offseason short, especially for older players um, or players who put a lot of heavy minutes on their bodies uh, during the season, I, I think is going to have a big impact that I don't know uh, that the league has really thought about or cared about, really, because... <laughs> let's be real, this is the NHL. And I think that they just want to play games again and aren't necessarily going to think through the, you know, how is this going to affect, you know, 40 plus year old Zdeno Chara, you know, sure this like 22 year old kid just out of college, like whatever he's, he's like, I can play hockey every day, but you know, you right. have such a wide variety of athletes and issues that um, I feel like they may just be like, ah, oh, whatever, we're just going to play hockey again. So let's let's pretend that that does happen, that the NHL is just like, yeah, we're going to play hockey. Great. Um, regardless of if they come back for playoffs, regular season, whatever that game is, what do you think that first game back looks like? Um, you know, whether it's your team or just any team that, that's playing, what's the product on ice going to look like? Um, what's it going to be like to have games without fans? Uh, what are you kind of thinking uh you know in 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 your mind what what's the the imagination of what this first game of hockey post uh pandemic break gonna look like 
That's a good question. Um, yeah, obviously, if it's in a, a fanless arena, that's just going to be strange. Um, and playing a, a, a team that's going to go up against Colorado, uh, I think it's just going to be like inherent, like human nature for them to be a little skeptical. Maybe not skeptical is not the right word, but timid maybe because they've had three players that have had this thing. Um, and they might not want to go up against them for fear of, you know, we're completely not out of the woods with this thing yet. And these guys have had it. We don't know who has had it. Um, so maybe they, they just won't want to take the ice against them. I can't imagine that would happen, but, uh, I, do you keep, do you keep your six foot distance while you're, you know, during your shift? I don't, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> It, it it'll be weird it, it'll be weird to get especially if the the like i said the the fanless arenas that's going to be the biggest uh thing to to see on television because all i all i can compare it to right now is i don't know if you guys watched like the wrestlemania that was just weird watching that it, with with no fans and it's going to be something like that which i was not a fan of yeah, yeah, I mean, especially because that's so reliant on like fans reacting and oh, you know people cheering and you know you have like you have all these characters you know playing their their parts to the this you know usually you have people booing and you you've got nothing you've got silence like that was very yeah. I didn't watch it but I, I saw enough clips of it that I was like this is just strange it, it felt very like dystopian it was very weird. These guys probably really aren't doing a whole lot of practicing or training. So even if even if they, you know, all things being equal, the psychological state is there. I mean, they're just not going to be informed to actually play quality hockey for the first couple of weeks. It's going to look like preseason hockey. And my take is kind of like, you know, that's fine, but they didn't have many games left in the regular season, you know, and, and then they go into the, I guess, you could call like the 10 games between the end of this regular season and the playoffs, their warm up session. But I, I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like it's worth it to try and force everything when, you know, there's still so many unknowns. And and to be honest, the hockey's just not going to be anything to write home about. No, that's a good point. I think, uh, you know, we don't know, obviously, whenever they do say we're going to have hockey back, how much time are they going to give them? How many practices are they going to give them to get back into the hockey flow? And if it, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be a lot because they want to get back on the ice and play these games as soon as possible. So like you said, like th there's only 10 to 12 games per team left. It'll probably take the rest of those games to, to get back into the flow. And then the season's over. Yeah. Someone asked me about that on another podcast that, that I was on and I was just flashing back to like how much I hate preseason hockey and how much I hate the first like 10 games of the season, because it's just, it's, even if you have a good team, it's kind of unbearable to watch because it's so slow. They're still learning, you know, where their teammates are and, you know, getting back into the rhythm of the game. And yeah, m most guys, um, aren't able to be on the ice right now except for like i just saw on like instagram that jonathan taves is somewhere up in canada and is skating on a lake because of course he is because it's jonathan taves but like most guys don't have that like you know the guys who are hanging out in southern california don't have a frozen lake to go skate on um mm -hmm. so unless you're one of those guys like Sidney crosby or something who made their own synthetic rink in their home like you you've got nothing except for being able to simulate like playing but 
you know, that that's no, nothing at all compared to actually being out there on the ice. So I think that whenever they come back, it's going to be, um, not not the best hockey I think anyone has ever seen before. No, and now that we're talking about it, I think you know maybe they they should get the regular season in because then you can get those getting back into shape games out of the way in regular season and not have those games be playoff games. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna, it's just gonna be real weird no matter what. So mm-hmm. so none of us know the answer to the big question. Um, but to wrap things up today, I'm gonna make you guys give your predictions anyway. Does hockey come back this season? Do we crown a 2019-20 Stanley Cup champion? Or does the NHL eventually just say, we can't. We can't make this happen. Uh, my, my guess is because obviously this is so widespread and there's there's certain areas that could pick up and play hockey a lot earlier than other areas, but you can't do that. You have to wait till everybody is uh, to the to the level of it's it's safe for everybody in every city Um, and i live in new york and that's the worst place to be right now so new york and la seem to be the last they will they when those cities are good uh it you know you would think everything else should be good um and i don't see that happening anytime soon because it's not just like okay we're good let's all just get back to normal we're still gonna want uh, a couple weeks, maybe even a month or two after we're given the okay to be comfortable to go out and do anything and even play sports. So my my guess in this, because of those cities that, like I said, New York and LA and the bigger populated cities, because they are going to take a lot longer than the smaller cities to get clear of this thing, I just don't see it happening. I, I think that at one point the NHL is going to be like, this is going to be too much running into next season. Um, and I, I, I think it's, I think by the end um, they're just going to cut their losses and say, we held out as long as we could. And we, we just can't finish this season. Uh, regular season playoffs and everything is just going to be like it never happened. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I think, we're looking at a situation where there's not really an answer that that's going to satisfy anyone. And I think the reality of the situation and what we're learning, I mean, some they're, they're finding out that herd immunity might not be a thing in Europe and some they're trying to figure out if you can get it twice. I just feel like all of those new developments would just push them to say that it's, it's better not to try and risk it right now because I don't know. I really don't think that there's any benefit to trying to force the matter. If even if the season resumes, how many people are really going to be watching it? I mean, like probably a lot of folks uh, who are starved of sports, right? But you know, if you think about the quality of the sport not being that great, and now you're going to have, you know, all of these advertisers who have to post their products but can't really. I mean, we're not really going out that often to buy it and and using all these services, so you know, what do the revenue streams look like? Are, are advertisers going to cut funds? Does that hurt the TV deals for, for the NHL? Um, I don't know. I just feel like with all of the costs associated, I don't know if it makes more sense to cut their losses and try and figure out more stuff for next year than trying to figure it out and and run, I guess, what remains of this season plus the playoffs. 
I'm really excited for like all of the power plays to be sponsored by like Charmin next season. <laughs> you know, like you know, <laughs> like the Kings are on the like quilted northern penalty kill. Like, <laughs> will our sponsors change? Like, this intermission has been brought to you by Clorox. Like, You're great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones who can sell stuff. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing uh, your thoughts about the season that was, the season that maybe could be, uh, and what that sort of picture looks like for your teams. Uh, let everyone out there know where they can find you guys and your shows on the internet. Harrison, we'll start with you. I am the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You can find me at lo underscore winnipeg jets or my personal twitter at hl living loco if you like really hot takes and poor hockey opinions and also i rant about the jets so that's that's a thing that you can uh, you can listen to and yell at me for and i will pass the buck uh Chris, yeah, how about you, can, you yeah the uh the avalanche twitter page is lopn underscore avalanche because somebody had lo underscore avalanche i don't know what they're doing with it but I had to get the L-O-P-N underscore avalanche. Uh, also on Instagram, search for Locked On Avalanche. Um, and if you want to find me personally, my Twitter handle, which is just too long to recite, is on the Locked On Avalanche podcast Twitter page. Or you can follow me on my other podcast that I do with my good friend Mark Turcott called The Enthusiast Life. If you're into geeky stuff like Star Wars and Marvel and comic books and stuff like that, I'm there too. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right. So there you go. Uh, really good discussion all around there. Uh, and what do you guys think? Drop me a line. Seriously. Locked on avalanche at gmail.com or just get a hold of me through one of those social media avenues that I mentioned at the beginning of the show and at the end of that discussion. Uh, who knows where we are? And I said that last week in a show. It's like frustrating. The whole thing is frustrating from top to bottom, sports included, sports not included, doesn't matter. Just everything about this is just really, really frustrating. Just not being able to, you know, some people can't go back to work. Uh, but but what is what is it going to look like if we do get NHL hockey? What do you think it's going to look like? Um, and do you think it's actually going to happen? Uh, drop me a line. I'm really interested to know what you guys think. So uh, that's going to be it for today. Sorry, it's a little bit on the long end, but... When the discussions are rolling, you just roll with it. So uh, we will be back on Wednesday uh, and then again on Friday. So that's how we're rolling these out until we get some some hockey, which, like I said, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll, I'll continue to hold out that 1% or 2%, and uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I, I want to be wrong, but it just looks very, very difficult. So let me know what you guys think. Alright guys, have a good one. Talk to you Wednesday. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!